Welcome to Junkyard Theory, everybody. And today we have got Michael V. Epinet, creature designer and concept artist, the guy with the weird face right there. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the lizard on his shoulder on uh, the promo pick. That's him right there. Michael, thanks so much for joining, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Akash. Been super excited to uh, get you on the show ever since I watched Prey. And man, you guys knocked it right out of the park. Hats off. Uh, best Predator film since the original. I mean, I'm, I'm going to kind of argue with that because I'm kind of gravitating more towards Prey because I like the story. I like, I love the setting. I love what you guys did with the Predator design, everything. It's, it's amazing, man. Like, uh, I really, really wish I got the chance to see this on a big screen because uh, I, I honestly Me don't too. know why it went straight to streaming because it was a theatrical experience. Like, it was... I, you know I what know. I would have liked? I wasn't able to at the time, but there was a, yeah. I believe there was a screening at Comic-Con that yes. I was just itching yeah. to head over to see. But I heard about it. It didn't work out, but I'm sure everyone yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, but man, I mean, uh, before we get to pray, I want to talk a bit about you because uh, I've, I've seen your concept art. It's amazing. I've uh, been going through your portfolio for a while since I came across your work and you know, talk to oh, me a bit you. about how you got into, uh, you know, drawing concept art, the, the film industry, basically your origin story. My origin story. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I suppose ever since I was a kid, I was just absolutely obsessed with animals and dinosaurs. So, um, and the way I expressed that love for them was just doodling all the time. I remember I would have these, um, I would just go through entire reams of copy paper, just doodling, doodling, right? Always have a sketchbook on me or one of those magna doodles or whatever. Anyway, then in high school, I began to work at the Houston Zoo. All right. Um, I just volunteered there over the summer and just, I think that's where I just got to be exposed to a lot of animals and creatures, you know, in the flesh. And um, I think then was when I started to develop an ethic of, you know, what they looked like, how they acted like. And um, from there, it's funny, though, because I was um, in high school, I thought I was going to be a scientist, right? I thought I was going to go into biology or zoology or whatever, you know. But um, I love to draw, absolutely love to draw. And at some point, I entered a contest called the um, Stan Winston School. If you heard of the Stan Winston School of Character Arts, they hosted a contest. During they my every year, I think, with hmm? makeup, with makeup concept yes, art, they yes. have various uh, categories. Yeah, yeah, they bring in the best of uh, practical yeah. effects, character design, and makeup, and then they put the tutorials online. And they're honestly such a stellar team. I love them so much. Um, oh no, they they put up a contest. I entered the contest. Um, it was to design a kaiju, right? The kaiju. I designed his name was Jaga. He was this, they, and then, oh man. So they flew me out to Los Angeles. They built the thing eight feet tall. I, I just remember Billy Bryan, right? He's a, he's a guy that plays and built the suit for the Ghostbusters Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, right? And he was the guy that they had in charge of building, uh, at least my kaiju. The other guy was Ted Haynes. Um, but yeah, so. They fly me out there 
and I see this thing in the flesh, right? It's eight feet tall. It's huge. It's nasty looking, just like the artwork. I'm so excited, right? And then Bill, Bill says, wait, I got to show you something, right? And he goes over and he flips some switch and poof, the lights turn on, right? So the eyes start glowing bright. It, it was, um, I was like a kid at Christmas, right? Um, but at the at the end of that whole experience, I kind of knew it's like, all right, this is a real job. This is something I really want to do. I want to be a creature designer. I want to be a concept artist. Um, so since then, it's been a wild ride. But uh, Matt Winston at the Stan Winston School, he introduced me to Alec Gillis at Studio ADI. Um, they brought me on board to do just some sketching for the Shane Black Predator film. I think it came out in 2019. They had me doing some uh, like predator attack dogs and then and then these menagerie monsters right so originally the script had these the um the predator was going to have his essentially living trophies aboard his ship that they were harvesting dna from and they just told me design weird things with lots of teeth and i'm like all right let's do that um and then long story short I graduated college, met my wife, got married, and then shortly thereafter received a call that said, "Hey, you want to you want to work on the ne the next Predator?" Like, okay. <laughs> and um, I didn't even realize at the time of the call that they were talking about designing the Predator. The so predator. that was exciting. That was very exciting. That's that's so cool. I mean uh when this project was first announced there was no relation to the predator at at all but did you guys know from the start that this was what you guys are working on we knew from the start that this is a predator film right mm -hmm. um i recall well first of all the predator it, it, and even in my files and everything it's called skulls right that was going to be mm -hmm. original title for the film was skulls yeah. um and I was thinking at the get-go, like, how cool would this be if no one knew it was a Predator film? All right? And your preview was just essentially your character, your main character's running from something in the woods, right? And all of a sudden, the very the very last frame is like, you see the three dots show up on the forehead and you hear some clicking, right? <laughs> and that, it, what, what I thought was sick, though, is like, later on, I found out that was Dan's idea. Dan originally yeah. wanted it to not be known that it was a Predator film until the trailer. Mm. It's like, oh, man, it's all right. <laughs> it, it would have been cool, but it was cool nonetheless, right? At the end of the day, um, you know, I think they pe – people got appropriately excited about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, man, that if that plan had worked out, I, I heard that Dan was a little bit disappointed when, when uh, the news kind of leaked that – Prey was going to be a Predator sequel, but if that plan had actually worked out, that would have been like a hell of a way to, to realize <laughs> what this movie was about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Especially because we really yeah. haven't, I mean, since, um, I mean, I guess 2019 isn't that long ago, but like we haven't heard anything about right? Predator. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that was the last, that was the, last, that was the yeah. Predator. Oh, okay. 2018. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, but man, I mean, uh, the the first time uh, you see this trailer, like you know, it's it's entirely different. Like it's gone way way back into the past, way before you know Arnold's, uh, <laughs> way before the eighties. Like, <laughs> that two hundred 
400 years ago? I think it was 300 ago. or something. 300, 300 years ago, yeah. And yep. uh, the the whole appeal, like I think it kind of went back to its roots. You know, there's no tech. It's about a, about a character trying to survive against a more technologically advanced uh, hunter. And it's her gut, skill, instinct, everything, the natural urge to survive, which gets them, uh, you know, which essentially progresses the story. What when you re did? Did you at any point read the script, or what no. were you handed afterwards? Um, everything I learned about the character was just conversation mm -hmm. with Alec and Tom in Studio ADI. Right. So I did know that it was going to be. So oh, what was I handed at first? Yeah. Um. For, uh, so very first thing, we actually got handed some artwork from the last studio that had that had done some work for it. So I guess mm -hmm. when they were getting the, because by the time it got to Studio ADI to do the practical, it hadn't gotten greenlit yet, right? I see. So we actually received some artwork that the director was like, "Hey, this is this is cool about this, but we kind of want to tweak this, see we're, see if we can take it in a different direction." It's like, "All right, cool." Um, some of the things that they liked about the artwork that they brought over was like a very slender, slender build, right? Mm. Um, in fact, the character was much more. I. It, it had musculature, but it was it was almost built like a Navi, like the Avatar mm. movie. You know what I mean? It yeah, was very yeah. slender, which was pretty interesting to me. Um, it suggested a different character, right? Um, in the end, I think the route that we went was the right move for the character, just because the, the character in the script was so proud, right? He was mm. so haughty, you know. He, he, when when he killed people, he he just like he would just walk up to him and do it, you know, to yeah. totally un like un unshielded and everything. So at the end of the day, I think the design we we went with was right for the character because of his ego, right? Which arguably is the reason that he gets gets uh killed in the end. Yep. But um, yeah. So that's what we were handed originally. Um, and interestingly too, a lot of a lot of folks ask about the eye spacing, like why the eyes get wider apart. Wider, yeah. Yeah. So what the, was uh, that? The artwork that we received, um, some of the aspects that the director liked, um, the eyes were actually on the sides of the head, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and the conversation at ADI was like, okay, let's see what we can do with this, because um, typically herbivores have their eyeballs on the sides of their head, right? And predators have their eyes on the front of the head for binocular vision, right? Which essentially means they have a 3D uh, read of what they're looking at. Um, so we... We ended up just kind of bringing the eyes a little further to the front of the head, but still keeping some of the the creatureness. And if you look at a lot of like lions and tigers, they they have eyes that are sort of spaced apart, which was in line mm. with the character we we're designing. In fact, the name of the the, the feral, right? Whenever it was yeah. decided that it was going to be called feral, that started to drive the design for me. I was like, all right, I can work with feral. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was Alex's <laughs> idea, I think. Nice. How much input did you have in designing this version of the Predator? Because uh, the moment this guy is unmasked, that's when you realize, oh, okay, yeah, he is slender. But then the moment he's unmasked, you see that this this guy is nothing like we've ever seen before. He's got the dreadlocks, but his facial structure, it's entirely different, apart from the mandibles, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So even the mandibles, too. What we did is um, the typical Predator will hit... How do I do this? <laughs> They'll come in the uh, middle, right? right? And then the ones yeah. come over top. So these come sideways, these come up. 
right? Mm. I wanted to do it a little differently and have them come vertical, right? Vertical, okay. And yeah. this was driven because in the 2018 Predator movie, there's a scene where the Predator bites a guy, right? You remember? Mm. He's on the operating yeah. table and he just reaches over yeah, yeah. and bites a guy. And I was like, mm, I don't, I don't super buy it. It didn't look like he could really chomp down. So I wanted to, I wanted to design it in such a way that it really looked like he could cause some damage if he chomped down. Right. Got you. Okay. And a lot of the, a lot of the features that went into the design were based on, okay, this predator, right. Relies more on his own biology than he does on technology. Right. Hmm. Now, in my view, this is a choice. Right, because 300 years is not that long ago for a spacefaring technolo technological creature. Right, if it, because I I feel like if you can invent light speed travel, then you probably have already invented cloaking technology. You've probably already invented plasma casters. Right, so um, my my thoughts were that the predator chooses the weaponry that's going to most effectively provide an entertaining and challenging hunt for himself right mm -hmm. so the predator in observing the the locale and the people who he's going to be hunting chose his weaponry because of that in the same way that a trophy hunter on earth you know is not going to go take a bazooka to hunt deer right that don't make no sense a, a yeah. trophy hunter on earth might go take a bow to hunt deer or you name it right and a bow has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, right? Mm. But um, it still make it, it makes for a challenging and rewarding hunt, right? Make sense? It totally does. Totally does. Okay. Yeah, because <clears throat> even even without the plasma cannon, you still have the uh, what, what do you call it? is it the honing beacon? You still have that. Yes. And, yes. Uh, yeah, you still have that, and it's a uh, it's not the shoulder mounted. Uh, and it's something that's within his gauntlet as well so it's mm, like okay. the technology is still there but he's just chosen differently because it's probably his first time on earth as well was that yeah i i heard that somewhere you know they advertise it as first time on earth first time mm. on earth i i personally i felt like that closed off opportunities for anything that takes place earlier and i mm. and i believe even seeing that um dan in an interview somewhere says it's like this predator's first time on earth it's like oh, okay, okay, you know, okay. Yeah, yeah you know what i mean so you know if, if they ever want to do a predator versus caveman or something right <laughs> by the way i've seen quite a bit of talk about predator this is this is not yeah. talk i've heard like from from industry this is just on twitter and things but man i would sure be on down for a samurai predator film talk about it yeah. that's making the rounds by the way at the end of this, I want you, I want to pitch you my Samurai Predator film. All right, but um, totally I did want to get back to your question, like why why some of the facial features and things were so much different than former Predators, right? So again, to this this uh, subspecies or subgenus of Yaucha, right, is um relies more on his own physical ability than he does on his weaponry, right? Mm -hmm. That was part of the conversation that drove the design. Um, in so doing, if you look at even the hands, the hands have like almost like gecko pads or roughness on the, on the hands for, for climbing with, right? Um, okay. if you, uh, if you imagine this, this, uh, species or subspecies of Yaucha that gets genetically isolated from the other Yaucha, 
right? Mm -hmm. And begins to develop and self-select on its own for traits that make it more suitable for surviving its own environment, which I picture, I picture personally as more like a savanna or like a, a less, uh, a less jungly, uh, drier atmosphere. I've seen people even propose like volcanic, which is kind of exciting. Um, but, um, so what we did was just, we loaded him up with more like biological components. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So yep. the, this enlarged forehead brow, right? We referenced uh, pit vipers and gave him heat sensing organs in that brow, right? And the mask mm -hmm. is eyeless, right? The mask has no eyes. It actually interfaces with his heat sensing organs, right? And gives it, and the way I see it, it's sort of a co-op between the organs and his eyes, right? Because if you look at the original Predator film, it's canon that when he takes off the mask, his vision gets a whole lot crappier, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's like, all right, so so Predator does not have the greatest vision, right? But he obviously didn't need it, right? Nor mm. did he necessarily need the 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 air in the mask to breathe effectively. Or at yeah. least at least to breathe for the duration of time he was fighting Arnold, right? So we're yeah. like, all right, what if this mask is not necessarily putting um Let's it, it's it's not necessarily putting like a chemical that he can only breathe and he can't breathe earth air. He can breathe earth air. He can get a get by for a bit just fine, you know. Yeah. Um. But perhaps it's more like doing atmospheric control, right? So maybe it's temperature, maybe it's humidity, maybe it's um maybe it's a maybe it's a bit of chemical concoction, you know, but. Ultimately, he can survive with it off for a bit, right? And if you notice too, the mask in our in in our design, it doesn't cover the mouth. That was a choice of the director. So mm -hmm. the conversation back and forth with us was like, all right, if it ain't covered in the mouth, how does we, how does he breathe, right? So this mm -hmm. is when we got into a little bit like it's always it's always risky when you sort of make a design choice that in turn yeah. says like, okay, we're we're sort of saying something that no one knew about the original design too right but yeah we kind of talked back and forth but like all right we can get away with this right frogs breathe through their skin right um also there's a lot of insects that have nares in fact all insects i suppose have um these little nares in their in their body i think they're called spiracles that they breathe through mm -hmm. so we gave the feral predator a line of spiracles in his crest Right, that if his right. mask latches into it, you'll actually hear it uh -huh. in the film. It goes, right. So yeah, it's putting yeah, atmosphere-controlled yeah. air into those spiracles, right? Wow. So we're saying, okay, maybe this original Predator did that as well, or some combo of the two. But um, yeah, fun fact. All right, I've... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, that, that's that's cool. I mean, it's it's totally fascinating because uh, you know, back when you watched the uh, the original movie, you uh, this creature, right? It's one of the weirdest looking creatures ever designed it's unbeatable it's unbeatable it's unbeatable it's cool. and, yeah yeah and you take that and add to the mythology uh you know that's come through the the entire franchise and you guys also i you know you're talking to me about this before uh the the mask design where you kind of got the inspiration from and you're talking oh, a bit yes, about yes. that and yeah talking a bit about that and you know using all the mythology that you had and at the same time adding on uh knowledge from you know uh from uh, essentially like what, what i'm inferring from what you're saying is 
you've been an observe, observer of uh, natural life and you've been drawing facts from what you've seen and integrating it into your design as well. Certainly. What was the balance like? What was the balance like between one? Between uh, having to essentially having to balance the existing mythology and bringing in something your own. Mm, okay. So the the challenge is right, like absolute, like respecting the original design, right? Mm. And uh, but still giving something new, right? And yeah. I don't care who does that. Someone's going to be upset. Someone's going to be. Um, <laughs> you can't someone's someone's going to be right? happy. Honestly, I was very pleasantly surprised to see how many folks were were happy with this, because ultimately my my goal was to honor the when I when I say the heart of the design, it 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 took some careful observation of the original Predator design to see what works about it, right? Because mm -hmm. like if you want to change an original design at all, you can't you have to keep what works about the original. Or the new thing is just not going to be a yaucha or a predator. It's going to be a different creature entirely, right? So what I what I noticed, what because when I first saw the predator, I was a kid, right? How much and, did it traumatize you? Oh, oh man. So, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> good question. Maybe I can't remember because it's been like vaulted. But um, what surprised me about it is how the mask lied about what was underneath when the mask comes it. off it was mm. an absolute surprise what was underneath because the eye if the you know the original mask almost has like these these the big eyes on the mask go all the way out right mm. when the mask comes off the eyes are right here and these it's just like deep skull sockets right and i was noticing too okay when this predator has his mouth open right the the place where the throat is and where the top of the palate is, is actually where a kind of looks like where a human skull would have its nasal cavity, right? Mm. So it's like, oh, okay, maybe one of the reasons <laughs> that the predator, the predator face is so like jarring and um, terrifying, you know, and why the design works so well is it's sort of an abstract of a human skull, okay? So was, with the feral design, my goal was what if we did the same thing with essentially an animal skull? What if we took like a lion's skull and did an abstract of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if, if if you rotate the model around, and I've I've yet to post a turntable of the final model. By the way, after this after this uh, interview here, I'm I'm posting a storm of God's dirt. There's plenty more to come. There's plenty yeah. more to come. I've probably posted about fifty percent, maybe fifty percent okay. of what we got. Um, but yeah. So if you look at it, there's different features that are supposed to um, emulate an animal skull, right? Mm -hmm. So even when the mouth is wide open, if you look at where the nasal cavity of like a lion skull is, it's supposed to mirror that. And there's there's yeah. some element of that in like the wide set eyes and the cheekbones and the way that the cask is shaped. Because you notice probably too in some of the images released that the cask is a lot smaller. The crest is a lot smaller than former predators, which to me totally works as like a... Um, just a biological adaptation right mm -hmm. so if the if the predator the folks are used to they they've um got this adaptation of this wide display cask you know that houses the mandibles and things and yeah. the feral predator isn't doesn't prioritize that you know 
another another thing was like let's prioritize offense on this predator it's less defense more offense right so we don't need any sort of shielding necessarily right so it's let's bring the sh the, the head shield down you know he doesn't need this big mm -hmm. triceratops frill let's let's really narrow it down mm -hmm. these um let's let's make the jaws more um more crushing as opposed to just piercing right the original predator yeah. has got piercing jaws let's give ours crushing jaws right mm -hmm. so these mandibles are there's a sort of secondary right and the inner mouth yeah. is the primary right so if in if you notice too in some of the design stuff you'll see molars right mm. um yeah yeah so the idea was let's let's give some more uh let's give some more bite features pressure. as well okay yeah so i was really hoping i was really hoping for a scene where the predator just like reaches his whole mouth around a guy's head and just crushes down but <laughs> say lovey sequel sequel <laughs> Looking at that, that the the design that you guys came up with, I mean, uh, since you mentioned this, it does feel way more of a, uh, it feels way more primitive hunter, like, and it's got a few insect features as well, maybe like mantis. It's got a bit of a stick insect, the the, the lanky figure, as well. But mm. definitely, definitely, it's got more uh, how do you call it, felineness in there as well. This is a creature who leaps from like one tree top to the other. You know, he's uh, like as heavy as he is, he's very athletic. Like you, you know, you're saying that that's the kind of design that you guys went with. And more than a bodybuilder, he's more, you built more like a basketball player, which is why I guess you guys cost, uh, I, I keep forgetting his name, man. <laughs> oh, Dane, Dane Dillier. Dane, Dane, yeah, Dane Dillier. Yeah. Mm, yeah yeah it's interesting the permutations that the physical mm. like body type of the predator went through yeah um because originally we got essentially like a navi right it was very mm. thin almost to the point it was almost like a uh i don't know if you would imagine like how thin a horror character is kind of like really kind of thin and creepy right and then so we sent some designs off that way in that in that direction and the note got back mm. from the director like oh where's the where's the pecs right <laughs> All right, so okay, we can beef him up a bit. So predator put on a few pounds, working out a bit, right? Um, we sent the design, and and then it was hilarious. But I would send this design over, right? And then I would, I got the same note back, like five times, mm -hmm. more shredded, mm -hmm. right? So I'd send it, you know, I was, I was, I kind of, I was hanging on to the skinniness too, and the note got back more shredded. <laughs> no, got back more shredded. Finally, I started saving the character in the in my files as the shredditor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was scratching my head. I was like, how is this guy not shred? So finally, I I literally googled like most shredded man on earth, right? <laughs> and he came up with this Eastern European guy and all his photos of him just like. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. The muscles are like rippling out of the skin. There mm. is zero body fat. And by the way, that body has fat, some biological yeah. um reasoning behind it, right? Mm -hmm. So creatures that have less of a fat diet. Um, mm -hmm. So, for example, a, a bonobo or a chimpanzee is going to have zero, like under 5% body fat, right? And the reason is because they've got quite a bit of fruit in their diet, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they have no reason to 
they they have no reason to store store body fat, right? Because they're not going to be going long times without it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I realize out loud has presents problems if you if we're talking about a drier climate for the yeah. for the feral, right? But I don't know. There's part of the conversation at least. You know what I mean? Got you. Okay. Right. Okay. As a creature designer, how much research? So, where do you start your research? Oh man, it's. I say the pri- it, first and foremost, the things gotta just look cool and be fun, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, but it it goes hand in hand, right? So aesthetics and functionality both. Yeah, yeah, because you don't yeah. you don't want to. At least I don't want to start with like, okay, these. Even though I did, I did start with like, I want this predator to have heat sensing pits like a viper, because that's just sick to me. Like, it's the, the viper see in heat vision. The predator sees in heat vision. Give the predator heat sensing pits, right? Yep. So that was fun. Um, but other than that, it was it was my research just starts on paper, just sketching, right? Um. And once we, once we have a direction and a design that we like, we head it into sculpture, and it's kind of then that we start pooling in imagery and resources from animals and nature, you know? Because okay. otherwise the danger is it's going to look like the animal <laughs> if you start from that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if, if you start from the predator, you know, and then begin to incorporate other things, it's going to maintain the heart of the... The core of the character, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I know you wanted to touch on the mask and... Yeah, talk to me about the mask because uh, it's not the usual type. It definitely looks like part of a skull. And uh, I've seen it on... I've seen seen discussions online as well saying, you know, uh, this is probably... What was the name? A river ghost? A river ghost. A river ghost, yeah. Part of a river ghost skull, but... Uh, t- tell tell me the story behind this. You tell me. It. Okay. All yeah. right. Spilling <laughs> the beans here. Um. So, quick story about the mask. The mask, uh, a mask design came to us with a similar shape from the former mm-hmm. company that had like the, it covered the top but didn't cover the mandibles, right? So the mandibles were exposed, um, and it had almost almost like a bird-like shape, right? Mm-hmm. Um. The artwork that we saw wasn't bone yet. It was still like a metallic. Um, mm-hmm. And then we we didn't work on the mask for a bit. We worked on the creature design, right? And somewhere along the road, the direction became, let's conceal the mandibles, all right? Just like, okay. Um, so if, if you look in the design, the final designs that I submitted, the mandibles are actually concealed in like a flesh, right? Right. That was mm-hmm. that was sort of the the solution for an interesting challenge because it's like the predator's like his his bread and butter is his mandibles, right? Yeah. <laughs> um so that so was, I was kind of scratching my head, like okay, how are we gonna conceal these, right? Um it was interesting. It was interesting. I think we came to it whenever we kind of had him protruding from the face, but then sort of enveloped in a skin, right? Even if you look at the original original predator right you look at him in profile those those mandibles are enveloped in skin almost to the tips what we would we did was just pull that skin a little further forward right mm-hmm. so it'd be so he had just more lip tissue and it'd be kind of interesting when he flapped open like he he 
flayed open. But consequently, it provided another challenge. It's like, all right, if this mask is not going to cover the mandibles, how are the mandibles going to show, right? Yeah. Um, so initially, I was kind of... I was presenting ideas where it's like, okay, let's let's get the mask covering the mandibles again, because if we don't cover the mandibles, you don't, you still don't see the mandibles, because it's just gonna be skin, right? So ultimately, I think they made the uh, cool decision in the film when they pulled the skin back, right? So mm. in the film, obviously, you see the mandibles clacking. It looks sick. It looks yeah. amazing. Another choice that yeah. they made that um, a- after the fact, after I submitted stuff that I thought was fantastic and just improved it tenfold, was they gave it these teeth sockets in the bottom mm. of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So the original inspiration for the mask, at least for the bone mask, came from a – well, first and foremost, the conversation was how do, how do we make this character emulate a Wendigo, all right? Ooh. <laughs> all right, so we're in, okay. we're in Native American uh, culture and mythos, right? Are, nice. Can we emulate the <laughs> their, their – uh, they're yeah, monsters. monsters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's funny too, because in, in one of the sketches I posted, you can see antlers on one of the masks that I erased out because I was like, ah, that's that's too on the nose, right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, at some point I want to post I had this I had this image, right? Where the the predator he would flay out his mandibles, right? And then he would flip his head upside down. Okay. And then mm-hmm. the ma- and it would it would look like a false face. There would be a false face on the cask, like false okay. eyes. Uh-huh. And then the mandibles would stick up and look like horns, oh, and you could be peering okay, from the okay. woods, right? Because <laughs> um, we're trying to emulate this Wendigo, right? This mm-hmm. sort of skullish, uh, really creepy thing, right? Yeah. And it, it, the predator sort of fits the bill on so many levels of this murderous thing that, that you know, rips the skin off of things and wears their <laughs> skulls, and like, it's <laughs> like. It, you almost it, it almost makes you wonder if the original Predator concept was based on a Wendigo or Skinwalker monster, mm. right? Um, so that's what we're trying to emulate. I turned to cetacean skulls for my reference, right? Mm-hmm. So I turned to dolphins. I turned to, I believe, a because uh, a dolphin skull looks very different than a dolphin, right? Because that big <laughs> meaty forehead that a dolphin has, the the melon, the dome, yeah, yeah, yeah. Under that, yeah. that's just bone, right? This weird <laughs> cavity, right? So yeah. it, it was just like this very alien creature. And of course, we're going off the idea. This is a trophy that the... And everyone understands that if you look at what people are talking about. Um, it's it's a trophy that the predator hunted, right? And the creature that he hunted, there's been talk about whether or whether or not it is a river ghost from the 2010 Predators film. Mm. And I have to admit, I have to admit, I, because I, I, I saw that presented, right? I was like, did I, I, I literally could not remember if I had pulled that up or anything. And then I remembered, yes, I did pull up River Ghost reference. I did pull up River Ghost reference. So let it be known that at one point I referenced a River Ghost skull. Whether or not the mask is of a River Ghost, I will leave it up to the fan base to decide. Um, or if it is a, you know, another creature that is on the river ghost planet that is maybe a relative of that creature, you know, that seems yeah. well within the realm of uh, plausibility, right? So, um, I do have to admit, I, I referenced a river ghost with something of an intention of emulating that and seeing if people caught on. So, 
There you go. Y'all are awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Tim from the man himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so curious to see, you know, the remaining uh, uh, concept art. And I had, to, I had to ask this question. Do you think there's going to be uh, an art of book coming out sometime? Because I don't know. I would love an art of book. I don't know if there's going to be. Trust me, I'd buy it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Man, dude, yeah. I would love an art of book. So Seriously. I'm not sure if they will. Because um, yeah, I, I also want to see everyone else's art. Mm. I want to see the how, like how environment many artists work on this. Roughly, do you have any idea? That I know of. Okay, let me. There's some some real powerhouses. First of all, mm -hmm. um. We had uh, Farzad, who is a who is a Predator alumni, right? So he's a veteran Predator designer. So to get mm -hmm. to design alongside him was pretty exciting, and it was funny too because I can't, or I was I was struggling to get a real mechanical look for the weaponry that they had me doing. So at mm -hmm. some point I was like, guys, give this to Farzad. <laughs> like, all right, we got you, right? So they, so they passed pass some of the so like the pack design. Was, it was so funny. I, yeah. I did this one design and I sent it to Alec, right? And he's like, that looks like a like a high school kid going to band practice with his French horn. <laughs> like, I'm having a hard time with these packs. Send it to Farzad. Far, uh, Farzad killed it. Um, by the way, Farzad really had, really had a big hand in establishing the character of this predator that this was a killer mm. right so mm. some of his initial artwork really captured this sort of svelte thin like athletic but also just creepy and like serial killer vibes this predator mm. had so i you really got to hand it to him for like establishing a lot of the vibe of this character and you know yeah. and that's so important throughout the whole thing is maintaining a maintaining a ethos of what the character is going to be in the and the what he's going to put off. Um, and then he also did a ton of work on finalizing weaponry. I believe another guy whose name escapes me um, did the bow, the, the crossbolt gun. Okay. Um, and then Justin Fields was a 3d designer that finalized and did the sick artwork for gauntlets and the, the shield and the yeah. inside of the mask, and he finalized my mask sculpt, and just really brought it to the finish line. Um, other folks, I know there's a uh, Kyle Brown, Esan Biglu. They were at um, they were at Aaron Sims, Sims Company that did some artwork before it came to ADI. Gotcha. Um, oh man, if I'm forgetting anyone on the design team, I'll be sad. But uh. No, that goes to show that you know uh, it's not just a one-man army even within a specific yeah, department yeah. that's so many people handling different different uh, i don't know different branches that ultimately lead to this final product that you see on screen but sometimes yeah, and then also know, oh just right yeah, quick I, like alec and tom at studio adi mm -hmm. they're you know, they, they assembled the design team. Their art direction is driving this vision. And I'm really grateful for the, the they gave me a very long leash. All right. Yeah. So they essentially said like, just, especially at the beginning, I was like, see what you come up with. Then we'll see what's cool. And we'll go with it. You know, they didn't want to miss out on anything cool. If, if, by, by bringing it too tight in. 
Um, but yeah, those guys, they were on the set of the original Predator, you know? So if anyone, if anyone's going to be able to speak to the heart of the original Predator design, it's going to be them, right? Um, so that was sick. But go ahead, I cut you off. No, I was just going to say that, you know, sometimes you put, put in so much work. And if anyone's taking a close, close look going frame by frame, they'll probably notice it. But does it ever bug you that most of the work that you put in, you know, sometimes people just do not notice this? All that research, all all those features uh, for the character design that they they're there <clears throat> on screen, but people never really realize what it's used. Why did you use certain? Uh, mm. I don't know. Does that ever bother you? You know, I don't think I can say that it has for this film. First, mm -hmm. this is the this is my my first movie that concept art got into. First of all, so I'm very excited, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. You sometimes you wonder what could have been, right? Huh. Um, my my only like, ah, oh, man, I wish we could have gotten this. Was um, if you notice, this predator has a much thicker upper lip, right? Mm -hmm. Than yeah. the former predator that's almost got it's almost has no lip at all, right? That's no lip. That yeah. that lip has a function, okay? Um, the gelada baboon is a species of Ethiopian primate, right? Not technically a baboon. It's related to a prehistoric type of primate called a theropithecus, which translates to beast ape, which is kind of fun. Oh. But um, so the gelada baboon, <laughs> the gelada baboon, its uh, threat display is it flips its lip inside out and exposes oh, its gums okay. and teeth. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's yeah. like, man, that yeah. is the most. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's like the most predator like living animal <laughs> there is. Right. So it's like, oh, if we could get a bit of that in that feral. That would have been fun. Um, that's true. So hey, sequel, sequel, sequel. Right. Right. This is what I say, though. <laughs> like the anatomy's there. Like we could just have him yeah. flip his lip up in the next one. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, other than that, I'm. Uh, I don't think there is there's much missed just mm, in this film mm. just because you know he's like you get such a good look at him you know in daylight That's at cool, nighttime yeah. with his mask on with his mask off it, what is funny to me is the single it, you see the single frame of the unmasked version mm. that goes around the internet right yeah I'm like ah you know but it's like i that unmasking sequence i love it like first of all the fact that what do you think about the fact that he didn't choose to take his mask off, but actually just got it knocked off? What do you got think it. about that? Story-wise? Yeah, yeah. It's a proper blow to his ego. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't do it. He did not do that out of respect for his enemy. No, they knocked it out. And that's just going to supercharge him and put him into like a fifth gear or sixth gear. He's yeah. going to be anal, anally angry. <laughs> did that. He's gonna, he's gonna that, go into like a more feral motive. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know that was gonna happen. That took okay. me completely by surprise. It was awesome. That was mm. my favorite moment. In the, I thought it was such a fantastic choice. Right? Because yeah. like every predator before now, to my knowledge, has had this epic cinematic moment where he's like, yes. You know what I mean? Right? Where it's yeah, this yeah. big deal and it's theatrical. And no, this mm. guy just got it knocked off. Right, yeah. and you saw how mad he was, you know. So that sequence I loved, 
But I do think that the single frame that people are grabbing and saying mm. this is the unmasked feral predator is a bit unfair. Mm. All right. Well, not unfair necessarily, but misrepresentative. The reason I say that is because, first of all, if you pause someone while they're talking, they're going to look like this. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, second of all, the camera angle. It's like a selfie camera. So it's like this, right? So, um, it, not not it, the most flattering. Right, right, right. But yeah. uh, it's funny too because I I go th I went through every frame too. Like, wonder what's which frame, right? So I caught uh, I caught one frame. I was like, all right, this is sick, right? But um, it's funny though because it's blurry. The the reason that frame is the most circular is because it's the least blurry, right? Why is it blurry? Because yeah. the guy was moving, right? <laughs> so so uh, it's funny. <laughs> to anyone who hasn't seen the film but has seen that image, watch the film. It's in motion, it reads differently. So, Definitely. um, yeah. Definitely. Um, man, the, the use of that shield, like now you said that you guys are going more, more with an offensive, with more, with more offensive weapons, but that shield is something that they've not seen before. Mm. What, what did you have any hand in that? Or do you know any reason why that came in there? That was, that was the director. All right, so mm -hmm. the shield was designed by the VFX company. Okay. Um, and yeah, and like the offensive predator, that was part of the con uh, the offensive predator. <laughs> but no, I mean, like he uses the shield but, as an offensive weapon as well. Like he literally yeah. decapitates a guy with that. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a that was a surprise. That was cool. So for it to also um, double as an axe, that was mm. cool. I didn't. I, I touched the the shield design, but ultimately they went with the VFX company's design, which worked the best because it had this sort of like it was very um like utility utilitarian. Right? Exactly. One thing that kept coming up was like this guy is not all too high on aesthetics. He's not doing ceremonial beautiful stuff. Exactly, it like... did not feel one hundred percent polished. You know, it, it had a sense of rawness to it. Like everything, yeah, owned, yeah, it has a sense yes. of rawness. It, we were even talking about um, the conversation was like, I think it was like Soviet Union kind of like brutalism, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where it's just total utility, total like um, just this works. It don't have to be pretty, right? Function over form. Okay. Exactly. With the only yeah. with the only ornamental, which which helps because I wasn't the best at doing like uh, armor pieces. So when I was designing gauntlets, I'm like, glad these only have to be functional, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. But we did do like some bone ornamentation with uh, like runes etched into them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if you can read what it says, props to you. Okay, okay, Easter eggs. <laughs> no, Here we go. <laughs> Quite frankly, I didn't have I, I was I was I really wanted to, but I did not have the time to go in and actually write something. So it's, oh, so just, it's all gibberish. It's gobbledygook, <laughs> right? It's, it's the predator version of a mom tattoo on his arm. No. No, but <laughs> No, 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 no. Um, but no, as much as I would like to, you know, it, 
it was fun. At one point, we were talking about doing scarification as the armor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because it went through several it, before the. It, in fact, we spent like two weeks on armor. Right. In mm -hmm. fact, we, we spent like three days on toenails, dude. There was so oh. much time spent on every aspect, the hands, the way that the texture of the inside of the hands was, mm -hmm. um, the color scheme, the, the, the way that the claws were, you know, we spent a lot of time on all the details, you know, the way that the hair was, it, we even had designs where his hair was tied back. Right. Um, but Question, that was something that, that was really, is that actually hair? Because uh, I mean, I, I know it oh, looks I said like hair. dreadlocks. It's dreadlocks. Yeah. It's very much dreadlocks, right? It's yeah. just a thinner dreadlocks, right? Yeah. So no, we're not trying to rewrite anything the original Predator was. It's very yeah. much okay. dreadlocks, just <laughs> thinner ones. Right? And my my this again is talking about like the the design originally was inspired by like let's let's have this guy slimmer and have more of this creepy like greasy serial killer vibe right mm. and that kind of drove the thin dreadlocks design but i like to kind of bring some sort of scientific justification to the table so it really kind of enhances the lore a bit and ultimately i was i got to thinking about plants right um wider leaves are wider to catch more sun and lose le uh, but they lose a lot of moisture but they're in jungle environments right mm. so wider leaves in jungle environments they don't have to worry about losing moisture because it's so humid right it's humid yeah but Something okay, like okay. pine needles or a cactus spines, you know, they have to be super thin and waxy, mm. right? Because they're going to lose all their moisture, right? So if you think it, it, you think about the original predator in his jungle environment, right? In fact, mm. it's canon that he he like preferred the hottest times of year to come out and hunt, right? He hunted in the summer, the wet, wettest, hottest, nastiest times of year, right? Yeah. Um. So I was saying, all right, if our, if our feral predator comes from a different environment, what is that environment? And how does his design inform that environment? How does his environment mm -hmm. form his design, right? Okay, yeah. if he's from a drier place, more of a savanna, you know, or maybe mm -hmm. a mountainous region, or I'm, I I suppose I'll leave it up to the the folks talking lore to come up exactly where he was. But, um, like, he's the thinner dread's going to make a lot of sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Because those big chunky ones they're losing water right this creature is all this like kind of wet almost amphibian skin right he's gonna be losing water all the time if you look at ours he's got he's mm. scalier is um let um arguably less ornate you know if you want to talk Definitely. about the crest right mm -hmm. so it, even his creature design is a little more form fo or form follows function you know what i mean gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so hmm. interesting since we're kind of coming to the close of the session, I would be delighted to hear your pitch for the Predator versus Samurai. Uh, oh sequel. my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right. So, um, let me think. Let me think. Take your time. Predator versus Samurai. All right. So you have your um, the the main characters start off as a essentially a samurai and his master. Okay. Yeah. Now you're in you're in feudal Japan, right? So and this is sort of um, the latter the latter era at the end of the era of feudal Japan, right? Mm. But one of the one of the feudal lords is referred to as the Oni King. Okay. Mm. 
and is essentially both respected and feared as this demon king that lives in the woods and has his own like following right mm-hmm. and every every 10 years or every 50 years or so he hosts a it, he, he expects tribute from the surrounding clans right but this tribute is not money it's not crops it's the best warrior of each of the surrounding clans that's what he demands mm. all right all right and essentially a competition is held between each of the best warriors of the surrounding clans and the oni king all right mm-hmm. this oni king is of course a yaucha all right um and the story follows the younger samurai who is avenging his master who was slain in the essentially slain in this um every 50 years competition mm-hmm. right so I, my, this was inspired by we've seen predators that just got to Earth. We've seen predators yeah. that have been on Earth for a few decades, maybe, you know, mm. in the original. In and out. There you know? for a while. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was saying, what if canonically predators are supposed to live for a couple centuries? What would it look like for a predator to have been on Earth for 200 years? Ooh. You know? Nice. He's probably would have gotten bored, you know, but if it. But if he found his way to some power, you know, becoming a Japanese feudal lord, you know, mm-hmm. and then created a system of bringing the best warriors to him, then he's got it made, you know. Mm. So, yeah, can make for a fun film. Can make for a essentially fun film. a Ronin trying to avenge his master. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Man, I would, I would so pay to see that. <laughs> you know what? I, I was telling you earlier that leading up to the release of Prey, I was having dreams where I was either running away from the Predator or like, they, they were Predator-themed dreams. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have one and set in uh, Feudal Japan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell me about it. Let me <laughs> let me know how it goes. And if it, you know, if it works as a movie, and <laughs> you come back, you're like, man, that dream sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, anything set in Japan. One thing though, anything set in Japan, it's gonna look definitely way more aesthetic. Trust me on that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a predator with a katana. Oh my That'd gosh, we we had a sword concept in our weapon designs for yeah? it, for the predator. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It, I mean, it's nothing we haven't seen before in something in other films, but it's essentially like a like a sword that would go limp mm-hmm. and be this chain. And then go straight, and then become a sword. You know. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But but nice. eventually they they uh, they decided to go with the normal. They had a shorter version of that, right? Huh? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. That was um that was the cut clamps. All right. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So that mm-hmm. was the little the those were supposed to be, you know those like those little bracelets that you go and they snap on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one, one of, of those, those okay. but it kills you. Yeah. <laughs> But seriously, the concept of a predator in Japan would make so much sense, given that the predators, the predators, they have their own code of honor. You know, they respect their enemy. It it just yeah. works. You know, it's organic. It feels like natural progression. Storytelling it's another one of those. Well. It's like the in in Native uh, Native American uh, lore, as I understand mm. it, and how the Wendigo fits into it. You know, um. It's it, it it just seems ripe for a predator film, right? Because like the the 
the cultural understanding of a creature of a sort is already there, but you have the same thing in Japan, right? Where the cultural mm -hmm. understanding of a monster like this, the context is there. So the film is just itching to be made. It just has to be 100%. written correctly, you know? Yeah. So, um, in fact, I was looking at Oni masks, right? I was looking at Oni masks and like, it got me thinking, I wonder to what degree the original design of Predator was informed by an Oni, right? Mm. The way that the masks curl and the, I'm sorry, the tusks curl and they yeah. sort of angry grimace, right? It's just, it just got me thinking because it's good, but it would be a, it would be a fun job and I hope I get called for it if it happens. Yeah, you know what? Like, uh, you should take a look at some of these Sri Lankan demon masks as well. Oh, okay. Similar okay. Tusk designs, and who knows? Maybe that might. Yeah, that stuff is on out. another level of creepy. Right? Mm. Yep. I'll send you a few pictures. Yeah, please do. Please do. I'm always looking for <laughs> reference like that. One hundred. Come on, we make monsters, man. <laughs> Dude, I am so looking forward to seeing where you go next, what you do next, and. Totally hoping and praying that you get to work on another Predator movie because Prey was freaking awesome. Guys, if you haven't seen Prey, go watch it. Go watch it now. It's streaming on Hulu. And uh, we never really got down to this discussion, but uh, I personally love the story way more than uh, Arnold's classic. But again, you know what? <laughs> I, 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 that's all macho. I, I love bulging biceps. I love that handshake. I love, I love all of that. <laughs> this just feels organic, man. You know. All right. In the sequel, <laughs> I want I want a jungle hunter predator and the feral predator doing the doing the arm wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> that, that and then we can know we can know who would win. <laughs> <laughs> One thing though, I would really like to see Arnold back. Yeah. Yep. At some point. Hmm. At some point. <laughs> all right yep let's see how that goes sweet yeah I'm, michael I'm thank you so much yeah of course sorry uh, uh, oh i, I, I was, I was just saying i'm i'm curious where the franchise is going to go because obviously they, they they seem to be having they have lots of plans for it not mm. to mention the huge cliffhanger of what happens to that pistol right or the flintlock mm. pistol mm. you know how did the predators reacquire it Exactly. I thought yeah. they were going to wrap that up all nice and tidy. Are you kidding? No. They opened nope. that wide. They left that wide open. So wide open, yeah. that's interesting. But yeah, that's yeah. that's all I got to say. Yeah. Michael, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, hopefully if you get to work on the next Predator, we're having you here back once more. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much, Akash, for having me. No problem. Till then, this is Junkyard Theory, folks. <laughs>